Good evening and welcome. This is Rob Hedquist coming to you live from Seattle, Washington with the Hedquist X podcast. Today is episode 85 of the 100-day consecutive Hedquist X podcast challenge. And for today's episode, I'm going to be hosting an interview with an incredible and remarkable young woman by the name of Thea Weiss. Thea, who's working on dual doctorate degrees at the University of Washington, in addition to being a full-time TA, and on top of all that, she's a full-time student athlete and a member of the University of Washington boxing team. It's a real honor and pleasure to be able to bring you this interview this evening, and I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I did um, in conducting it with Thea. So here it is, all things Thea Weiss. Yeah, welcome to this episode of the Headquist X podcast. It's great to have you on the line today. I'm really excited to have the chance to talk with you in greater depth. You've got a really fantastic message, and I think it's a message that will resonate well with all the listeners that, uh, that show up for the Headquist X podcast. And so I just want to, first of all, welcome you and say thanks for joining me today. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's going to be great. And just to let the listeners know, and Thea, so you're aware of as well, so this is a, a live, unedited uh, podcast episode. There's no fancy recording studio here. And so if there's some background noise, if you hear something in the background, such as a siren or other street noise, just to let you know, there's, there's no way for me to be able to edit that out. And it's not going to detract from the quality of the interview, but just wanted to give you as listeners a heads up. So as a little bit of background, Thea and I, I've known Thea now for almost two years. And yep. Thea is an incredibly successful um, PhD candidate at the University of Washington. And not only is she focused in on getting her moving towards accomplishing her PhD, hopefully Thea will get into a little bit more dialogue around having potentially a dual PhD, but also she's a student athlete at the University of Washington as a member of the University of Washington boxing team. And she's a fierce competitor. And over the last 24 months, Thea and I have developed a really, really fantastic relationship through the coaching process. And she continues to hit it out of the park each and every time we talk on the phone as well as each and every goal that she has for herself in her life. So it's an honor and a pleasure to have you here with us today, as I said before, Thea. Maybe you can tell the listeners a little bit about how you got to where you're currently at at life and your success as a, as a PhD candidate and a student athlete. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for the, the introduction. Um, and yeah, I guess to look at, to put where you are as a snapshot in time to kind of step back and look at your life like that, like what you just did for me and thinking about where I am at the University of Washington, um, pursuing my PhD, getting to be a part of the boxing team. It, it really is kind of a, a dream, living a dream that I couldn't even anticipate that I would uh, be able 
to, to live every day. It's really awesome. Um, and I guess I'll start. Uh, I'm from Apple Valley, California. It's a small town in the Mojave Desert. Um, mm-hmm. Never would have imagined I would have, you know, ended up in Seattle. And um, I guess I never really had I, – I never had – my heart set on being this or being that, but I always just wanted to be the best version of myself I could. And and that, that could take, you know, as a child, it takes different manifestation than a, than as, you know, an adult, but of just anything you're doing, there's this, there's something that one of the coaches from the boxing team, uh, coach Tony Rago, says that really stuck with me and it's uh that the way you do anything is how you do everything right and so from the smallest little details like me looking back uh, growing up and just trying to do whatever I did to the max or to the the best of my ability even the tiniest little you know okay we're taking the groceries into the house like who could do it the fastest or mm-hmm. does it always, for me, it may have manifested in a, in a competitive fashion, but I think in terms of the way people manage their lives, that can take so many different forms. Um, I think something popular now is thinking about, you know, when you wake up, making your bed in the morning, kind of starting your mm-hmm. day off with uh, mm-hmm. something that is you exerting control and showing care for your living space. But so I, I, I grew up in Apple Valley, and... Um, and I then went on to the University of Southern California, got to be a part Woo-hoo. of the Trojans. <laughs> yeah, for the Trojans. Trojans. For the Trojans. That's right, yeah. That's right. <laughs> and, um, exactly. Sorry about that. No, yeah. I'll, I'm always ready to shout out the Trojans. I uh, got to be a part of the track and field team, the pole vaulter, and also got to double major in neuroscience and English literature and just had a fantastic time there. And... And then now I never saw myself here. And to be honest, um, I think one of the things that we wanted to discuss potentially was uh, kind of biggest challenges in life or some of the biggest mm-hmm. learnings. And it's actually yeah. that transition from my life at USC and the fun and success I got to experience there to where I am now, I think, that really, to me, represents one of the biggest kind of paradigm shifts in my understanding of life and also um, kind of one of the biggest challenges I had, which maybe mm. I, I, think, I think many people might face this in different forms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for me, it manifested as, you know, I'm at USC, and this, if there was any kind of dream I had, it was, you know, my dad's a Trojan. He's a part of the marching band. My mom went to USC. My grandpa was actually a pole vaulter at USC. I had, Wow. I wanted, I, I was going to be a Trojan. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to USC, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and just do it to the max. And then I'm in my senior year, you know, and everything's going well, and I realize, I'm like, wait, my plan, like, ended here. Like, what after this? Who am I after? And instead of allowing myself to to fulfill that, you know, vision I had, I began to to fear losing everything 
and then I just everything kind of imploded, right? Like, you know, I obviously graduated, things were fine. But in terms of my, like, identity and my self-construct, it just, I realized it would no longer exist in this fashion, and I hadn't thought outside of that. I hadn't, so I'd been so, yeah. So what did you do to get back in touch with that, Thea? It was hard. It was really hard. I think initially I did a lot of things that maybe people do when they're trying to escape from their own feelings of just, you know, uh, you're being a 20-something-year-old, it's easy to just hang out with people, go out, and just not think about my problems. Or not problems, but not think about the steps I should be taking to mm. create a future. It was like you could, it's like you think you're living in the present, but you're really not. You're not really living. You're just dis, you're, you're trying to distance yourself from your life and engage in things that are fleeting pleasures or fleeting mm-hmm. kind of just trifles, right? Things that you could probably spend your whole life doing and just, right. just, just, not, just going through the motions. Going through the motions and then right. escaping from going through the motions. Right. And that was, I mean, yeah. <laughs> It was, it was yeah, interesting. no, that's no, that's I, th- I think it's so relevant, Thea, because we all have periods of our life where we go through similar types of experiences, and so yeah, I think it'd be great if you could could maybe share with the listeners what you really did to to recognize yeah. that, and then how you pulled yourself out of yep. out of that um, mindset to to really get going with. Um, the things that you've done at the University of Washington because they're so amazing. Yeah, so honestly, it was so, the la- lo- loss of identity is hard, right? But it's also a huge opportunity for growth. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to make like the butterfly reference or metaphor, potentially maybe a phoenix is like a better example, but when okay. you step out of the ego, which is what I was able to do through the help of, you know, supportive friends. And I just, I kind of just took a hard look in the mirror and was like, you're not these things that these labels, these identifiers that you wrap, you're, you're something else in that you are whatever you're putting your focus on. And that life isn't this process of looking back and trying to recapture something. It's looking, being in the moment and having a vision for where where you where you want to go it could be anything right you're not trapped by the past you should be freed by the lessons from it that create whatever opportunities you can imagine and that you can set your sight on and so then i i was like all right well what do i do what do i do i did track and feel right i like teaching people and so i i just put it up i just printed out resumes and went to gyms and just gave them my resume and said hey i want to be a personal trainer Hey, I want to. I had no idea, and I. I mean, there's a much more streamlined <laughs> process for this, but I just had no. Okay. I, I had no idea, and I was like, I'm going to be a personal trainer. I'm going to teach people how to get fit. I think people, you know, would enjoy their lives more if they knew how fun it was to use their body to see their body as a free instrument rather than something that imprisons them. And eventually, mm. I I got a, got a job as a personal trainer at a gym called Equinox downtown LA. It's mm-hmm. a. It's actually Absolutely. a pretty renowned gym. It was a. It was a tough job, but it was it was awesome. It was great for just building skills in terms of both physically training people and also just you know 
being able to, to help people on their own path and which helped me on my own as well. And then from that, I was uh, like, you know what? I think I love this, but I, wanna, I need to continue my own intellectual growth. I know I need to add that component. So I started doing research at a lab at USC at the same time as I was training. That professor helped me get a job uh, assisting children who have autism. And so then I got mm. to start doing that and personal training on the side, so shifted more into being a registered behavior technician. And, and if I ever needed a lesson in gratitude, I think that was a great one just to, to see mm. what it's like to, to, to help people who, who's, who really, you know, have a tough time in terms of the way they see the world might be so different than the way that most of society sees the world and the way that we can we can connect and that we can all we're all human beings that connect on a level and that we all just it's about where's your focus at right in your life where are you going it's where your focus at and it's with those children i can see that it's just seeing where their focus is at and trying to meld their perspective and ours to be able to create that ability to interact and it was just it was really awesome to be able to work with them and uh yeah that's amazing the i you know i i you had mentioned that part of your kind of your past to me previously yeah and, um you, you know that i obviously have an autistic son and so yep. you know um so autism is is near and dear to my heart and mm -hmm. um I just love how you captured all of that, and um, I thank you for your perspective around that as well. Yeah, it was an amazing job. It was very, it was, you know, tough. Like, it was tough because those kids don't have it easy, and to get to see the world from at least even a glimpse into how they got to see the world, and then to see just the, the joy that could exist, you know, with yeah. connecting with these, with these, these kids and just... And and when you can see that you can help them even a tiny bit to join in on the perspective of other people that before they hadn't been able to because they were, you know, focused on what they were focused on. And then if you could help shift society's focus and also theirs a little bit more toward a similar thing, like, I don't know, it was, it was just, there were just moments of like, wow, this is really awesome. Yeah. So I, I, I just I love what you said because, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, you talk about this shift in, in focus that occurred yeah. for you and work, working with um, these, auti these autistic children. And, and, I mean, it's one of the most amazing things to me how we can shift our perspective as long as we're willing to get outside of ourselves. And yeah. you you do such a great job of that, Thea, and, I, and I've seen that in not only the things that you've relayed to me in your involvement uh, with the boxing team at the University of Washington, mm -hmm. but your involvement as um, a TA within the, yeah. um, uh, the PhD program, actively working on your PhD program, and yep. um, actively moving it forward to potentially create this dual PhD program. Yeah. So, and you have you constantly are looking to shift your perspective, and I think that it's it's so important for people to be able to hear that and know that it's possible to make shifts, and that inside of those shifts, incredible things can happen for us. 
Yeah. Go, please. Oh, I mean, that's, yeah, everything that I've been able to accomplish here at at UW, like the um, getting to teach, you know, undergrads has been a really cool opportunity and being part of the boxing team and then new opportunity with psychology, um, the department joining the interdisciplinary program of astrobiology. Um, all of these things really came about through my through challenges, right? Through mm-hmm. looking you, through looking at what I can do and what I'm trying to accomplish, and then recognizing what will work and what will not work. And I think it's it's once I was really. I don't want to say like you have to surrender yourself to what's going on. You have to, it's like a process of like active surrender of once mm-hmm. I accepted what's going on around, like to, to be able to see opportunity and to be able to really maximize what you can do with your life, you have to let go of all of these things, these hard expectations you have for how everything needs to turn out and being angry when they don't work, when this isn't. As soon as I let go of my need for everything to turn out my way, things just started getting, like, better than I could have ever expected. Like, the opportunities just kind of, like, arose out of things I would have never even thought of. So you, you almost trap yourself by your thoughts and success sometimes. Oh, interesting, interesting. So, so let's talk a little bit about um, around this around this trapping yourself scenario yeah. because you know back in the spring you were you you were a little bit concerned about what you were going to be doing over the summer and you took a, yeah. took a trip down to Southern California and some amazing things happened for you. So, why yeah. don't you share with the listeners that process and and what yeah. ended up happening for you because I think it's a remarkable story and testimony to what can happen for us. Yeah, so um I uh since you know, I'm up in Seattle, uh, I have a significant other um Cena living down in LA and so over the summers my my goal, you know, I want to go down there and continue my work. So I was like I'm going to get an internship in Southern California, I'm going to do it, and I had put every, I set up everything exactly as I thought it should. I was like, there is no way I can fail at this, and then just I wasn't hearing anything back, and I was getting worried, and I just one day was like, just I'm sick of being worried about this. Instead of being worried, I'm going to say, what else can I do here? Like, what other opportunities mm. exist, or what can I even just make happen? I guess so did my research, looked up professors that are doing research that would be amenable to what I'm doing or, you know, even grow my area of expertise and just, you know, just sent out some emails, just, uh, hey, this, and, you know, this is who I am, this is what I do, and this is what I offer. And I wasn't expecting anything in return. I really wasn't expecting anyone to return any of my emails. And so this was coinciding with the, uh, the boxing team going down to LA for our regional tournament, the one that uh, mm-hmm. precedes nationals, and just so happened, you know, preparing for that and those emails that uh, I did have a professor. Um, the first one I had emailed actually emailed me back and say, "Hey, yeah, um, you know, we 
we'll have a we have a we might have a funded position. Uh, can you come and can we talk? <laughs> and I was like, uh, what? Like really? And so down in LA, we're there for the the regional tournament for boxing. Um, so I get to see you know boyfriend and family, and then I also get to drop by. Um, that internship uh, opportunity, that professor, and speak with the lab. Also, the the internship I had been waiting on that I hadn't heard anything from, they reached out to me at the same time and said, hey, can you come in? And I'm like, well, wow, I'm down here for boxing. So I got to go speak to both of those those places and ended up getting a, a really well-paid, really awesome uh, internship over the summer um, that – I'm still working with them to this day. We design a study, and it's being run. Um, it's just getting started now, getting underway. And it was a really great professional connection, great time over the summer. So, oh, that's that's it's such a great uh, great testimony to your um, your grit and your stick to itness. The uh, it's uh, it was really an amazing um, journey to watch you on, and and such an honor to see you navigate all that. So. Um, Thank you. I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, really it was a, it's still kind of, I'm still confused about it. I'm like, wait, did that, how <laughs> did that work out? But I'm like, well, it did, it happened, so. Well, I think it worked out pretty well from, from <laughs> what you've told me because, you know, the professor's still in touch with you and, and. Oh, yeah, we meet um, every week. We have a, yeah. we have a Skype meeting because um, I created a study with uh, another PhD student there and, um, we're writing a paper right now, so it was—it's been like more than I could have expected professionally. Yeah, it's—it's it's an amazing, an amazing, amazing story for you, Thea, and um, one I th- think you'll be able to continue to look back on, and, and it'll be beneficial for not only you but also the the listeners that you just shared it with, and that kind of leads me into my next question because you—you mm-hmm. you are. You, you know, you have this incredible um, sense of perseverance associated with, yeah. with you, and 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 being um, and being driven to to achieve. And mm-hmm. you know, I th- I think those are just a couple of 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 your qualities that have made you a successful student athlete. Can you maybe mm-hmm. talk about some of the other qualities that you feel yeah. students or, or, or student athletes need to possess in order to be successful um, in navigating school and athletics or navigating life and school? Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting um, because sometimes I think we, we believe that having too many things going on or that that the limit on what we can do is just time when it's not really time, it's more of priorities because mm. that was the number one, like just thinking about the personal training when I would hear people say, I don't have time for this for working out or whatever it was, what their goal was. And I was like, no, you, you definitely have, we all have time to do it. You just need, you don't make it a priority of your time. Um, mm. Speaking of, Cyrus, I don't know if you hear that. Yeah, um, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but when you are a student athlete, you actually you you really do have demands on your time that it's it's a lot, and your energy, and you have to be focused. And so I guess 
focus to me involves more than just being able to concentrate on something. It's more, I think, focus to me, it's like that laser, is laser? No, it's like crystal clear vision, crystal clear laser vision. Does that make sense? It's like you have a target mm -hmm. and you can identify it and you can also have clarity around what it takes to maintain that focus, which means that things will be passing in front of it and things are going to be trying to draw your your vision away, your focus away, and you're going to have to have the discipline to maintain that focus. And when something's in focus, often the other things in your life are in alignment with that as well. So being a student athlete to me, um, I know Coach Mendez often says this for the boxing team, um, and it's true for me in undergrad doing track as well, is that when I knew I had practice and that was my focus and I was focused on being the best physical version of myself and just being disciplined in the sport, that my grades were, they were not a non-question because I knew I'm doing the best in the classroom and I'm doing the best on the track. And those two fed into each other. They were mutually informing of each other. And mm. I think when you're excelling, when excellent, when you have a standard of excellence around something, it often bleeds into the other aspects of your life. Um, and for some people, it's having that, even just like, you know, that physical discipline is kind of a keystone that supports the arch of the rest of their life, right? So whereby academics and relationship quality and just even your own well-being emotionally, they're all kind of kept in place by you focusing on something that is inherently good for you and also mm -hmm. hopefully good for other people in, in that there is probably a team around you, right? Because if you're in a sport, even an individual-esque sport like boxing or track and field, it's not just you out there, it's your team. And so you, you want to be the best version of yourself physically, be disciplined, focused for them and you, and then it upholds your life and it lifts up everyone around you. Fantastic. So, so in lifting up people around you, because it's, you do a lot of that, Thea, so, so you know, you're obviously a member of the University of Washington boxing team. We established that. Yeah. But, yeah. but you're, 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 you're a student because you're a Ph.D. candidate right now and actually a dual yeah. Ph.D. candidate. And then in addition to that, you've, you have all the multiple friendships that are around you. And then on mm -hmm. top of that, you're also a TA. And so you've got yeah. other students that you're working with and teaching and mentoring. And so yeah. tell us about those pieces mm -hmm. as it relates to you being the best version of yourself and how you incorporate and making sure that you have time to be the best version yeah. of yourself. Yeah. Yeah, time is definitely a commodity, right? Well, not really, but like you, you only get so much. And, um, wow, I guess this it reminds me of this quote but from Marcus Aurelius. But mm. time is What's one of our most – it was one I listened to in a, it was a video earlier. It's, um, I have a different one here, but it might be more relatable later on. But that okay. but time is – it's our only non-renewable resource, right? That's right. It's mm – -hmm. I mean – 
you we we protect our we our val you know we attach so much to our val valuable things like my car or whatever my phone but these things they they can be replaced your time no nobody nobody no, the rich man and the poor man have the same amount of time on this earth well they have the same amount of control over how much time they have on this earth in some respects and so for everyone it's a non-renewable resource and for me the time that I'm spending boxing, um, teaching, doing my classes, and just it's important to me that every moment I'm spending doing those things, that I'm doing those things. Um, mm. That, oh, I can't remember who this is. I've been watching, listening to some things on Stoicism, but also um, on, I think it's, Taoism, but that when so when you're when you're hungry eat and when you're tired sleep right and you could say oh well that's what I already do but no like when you're hungry you eat but you're also thinking of a million other things and when you're sleeping you're the, the saying would be that you're you're dreaming of all these possible scenarios and things and so when we're doing a task and especially in like modern society our our minds are pulled many different ways and we're not really present right and i think mm -hmm. taking it back to how i spend my time and try and doing these different things i think if you are present in those tasks if you are focusing your whole self in that task in a genuine way in a way in which you're no other place you are there and you are doing your best to 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 play that role and to if it's teaching to really listen to the students to really listen to what they need and to deliver the best response you can and not be thinking about what I'm going to do later and when I'm going to, you know, what I'm going to eat for lunch. Just really being there, I think that's how you make the most of the time you have and how you also maintain your energy because then it's a feedback, right? Because they, if, they, if the person mm -hmm. you're with, if the students sense that you're present, you're there, you're authentically there and listening, you get that back from them. But if you're there and you're not really there and you're kind of just like going through the emotions, so are they. And no one gets any energy from that. It's not fulfilling. And so I try to do what I'm doing in the most fulfilling way I can, and that's by being there, really, really being there. And I think it's, it's really hard. It's getting harder for people, like technolo technological distractions abound. And I, I would in, I encourage anyone, if you have a lot on your plate, ex embrace it and really be there for what when you're doing that thing and not be thinking about all the million other things you need to do because that's just going to sap your energy and your productivity. Yeah, ab absolutely, Thea. And, and, you, and, you, and you just brought up this piece around technology and yeah. the distractions yeah. associated with it and, um, and trying to balance everything. And, yeah. and because we've been, had the opportunity to work together, you know, you know, I've, I, I know, about, know the situation this summer where you wanted to take a uh, – I think it was about a week off with your yeah. boyfriend and you yep. wanted to go off the grid but you had all this work to do and so yeah. you came up you came up with an an incredibly creative solution to that problem that was yeah. like old school. So why don't yeah. you share 
that with the listeners because it was such a great example of what you just talked about with eliminating that technology distraction and be, being able to remain focused in. Yeah, and, and it's funny because I mean, my, my research is on the, I mean, the human interaction with nature and technological systems lab, the HITS lab. So thinking about our connection to nature and also our connection to technology is really front and center for me. And so this, this mm -hmm. summer, every summer, my, my boyfriend and I will go off grid, go camping for a week. And it was coming at a time when both of us had a lot of work, um, but it, we knew it was supposed to be a time where we could go kind of, you know, relax together and um, feel a bit rejuvenated. Um, but we're like, okay, so how, what do we do? Like, how do we, <laughs> should we take this, our, should we not go, you know, and just be productive and work on our laptops at home or whatever? Uh, but then, you know, I think you and I spoke, and I was thinking, like, well, we, you can still work on your ideas in a way that doesn't mm -hmm. have to be so technologically, like, chained technology in that, I mean, for me, if I'm, you know, considering ideas for my dissertation proposal, for considering the ideas that I need to for the, the work I'm doing in the lab, my internship, and for my boyfriend, for him, his, you know, he's teaching a, a course on quantum computing right now, and he, he, he had a book he needed to read and come up with what he wants his lectures, what he wants his worksheets and activities to look like. I'm like, why don't we just kind of leave the technology at home, because it's not going to work out there anyway, and just, why don't we print some stuff out? We take some books with us. We take some canvases and some cool paper and, like, pens and whatever we want, and just work on our work, but generate in a, a really refreshing way and take a new angle to approach our work in a way that it's not work. It's, it's our opportunity to think creatively about something that we truly do love or we wouldn't be doing this. That's right. And so and we're, how did, we're, yeah. How did it turn out for you? It turned out really well. It was just, it's really nice to take something that, you might be feeling, you know, like beaten over the head with because it's your work, right? And mm -hmm. it's something, you're working on it and your computer is an environment of distraction. It's, there's emails, literally you could search anything on the computer at any moment, right? All the information that mankind has ever found is there while you're trying to focus on something. It's almost a paradox. So it was really refreshing to take, just take what your work is, take it out of context, with so many different modalities now to work with it and physical, tangible substances and not just words on a screen. And just, just think about it. Think about it without stress, without, you know, the noise of the computer, like the, the, the distraction of the computer, the noise that it generates in terms of the, the mental noise because of all everything that you could possibly be looking at and, and the easiness of distracting yourself. And so just, it was, it was really refreshing and really generative for both of us I to be it. able to just kind of disconnect for a little bit. And in, in, in disconnecting, sometimes it allows you to more deeply connect with other things in a, more, in a matter more of depth than of this breadth of, you know, just putting yourself too thin, spreading yourself too thin. Absolutely. 
So, Thea, we're kind of getting towards the end of our time here. Yeah. So I've got a couple last questions for you. For sure. Um, so this next one has to do with you taking a look at your life to date. And is there anything you would change in your life to date or how you've approached mm. it so far? So that's a good question. And in terms of if there's anything I would change in my life so far, <laughs> my answer is no, because mm. because I, I don't I don't think thinking about changing your life in the past is a something that is a good way to spend your energy because you can't change it. However, if I could give myself advice in the past to allow me to have a better perspective and one I would I would posit to other people if I could change the way that people think that could help their lives now and in in the future, it would be to to really value what you're doing and realize that the thing that about the only permanent thing about life is that it's always changing and nothing is going to for good or ill nothing is really going to last forever so i think if i could instill in myself even i mean now at this point just to more gratitude um toward everything i'm experiencing and if in the past i think that kind of attitude would have lent itself better to being open to experience to just being more present experiences and enjoying experiences more. Um, and that's where I guess where I would bring this quote in, if you don't mind. Um, no, I wish, please. I guess if I could change anything, I would have told myself this quote. So it's from Marcus Aurelius okay. and his meditations. Nice. Um, Time is a sort of river of passing events and strong is its current. No sooner is a thing brought to sight than it is swept by and another takes its place. And this too will be swept away. And, so I don't think this quote means it's. I don't think it's good. It it means good things or bad things. It it means just that life is a river that's flowing and it's never going to stop flowing. So this means both for for good things um, mm-hmm. that you should cherish them and be grateful for them because they're not always going to be there in that form, and for bad things that's a good. They're they're not going to always be there. They're, it's going to things will continue to flow and you need to recognize that the best scenario for you and for everyone around you is to continue to flow with it and to be accepting of what that flow is. And so I wish I could have understood that better before and just stop. I think when you're trying to force everything and you're, you're not recognizing the, the good that is, in your life and also not recognizing that the bad will pass. Um, it's, mm. it's difficult to be present. It's difficult to, to really be living your life. At that point, I think you're more just existing. You're not thriving mm. and thriving requires this, this active surrender to the flow of life. Uh, I love it, Thea. Love that. So as you know, Thriving requires active surrender and yeah. thinking about that. And, um, you know, I, I always 
like to end on this question with the people that have had the chance to chat with it from an interview perspective. So what is the one piece of advice you've been dying to tell the world that you haven't told mm. the world up to this point? Mm. That's a good question. Um, my advice would be yeah. that you, every single person has the ability to be what they want, to, to embody those things that they value the most. And the only person who's keeping you from that or could, could possibly stand in your way is yourself. And if you really want something, you really go for it, there is absolutely nothing stopping you except yourself. And once you take that power, which it is a power, it, it's, it's, it's a scary, it's scary because you got nobody to blame and you got no one to stop you either. So I think if people just really took, took possession of their life in terms of no recognizing the freedom that your will provides you and just the kind of magnificence that your life inherently has. If you can just let go of the negativity and embrace the positivity, you, there's just nothing that can stop you from really enjoying your life and living a life that you always wanted. What a fantastic message to put out today, Thea. In fact, the entire interview has been really great, and I so appreciate your time, and I know the listeners are going to love this, love this podcast um, interview because it was, it's been really, really relevant and extremely positive and upbeat and, and real and authentic. So to the listeners, once again, this is Thea Weiss, and um, she has been on the uh, HeadQuest X podcast for about the last 40 minutes, giving us all things about Thea Weiss and her perspective. And if you want to contact Thea, what's the, what's the best way for listeners to contact yeah. you? Actually, the best way to contact me is probably my, uh, my, my university email, which honestly okay. is the, uh, yeah. So it's um, T-W-E-I. SS1 at uw.edu. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd lo I, I love thinking about, you know, improving my, myself, oneself, all self, and love discussing this. So if there's, yeah, yeah if anyone has any questions or or advice for me. <laughs> I'm all ears. Okay. Well, fantastic job today, Thea. I really appreciate you sharing everything that you shared with us. And um, as always, it's a pleasure to chat with you. And thank you so much for your time and, and being vulnerable and going, going in depth with us. Um, yeah, thank you. Really fantastic. Absolutely, Thea. And, um, I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. And yep. once again, listeners, if you want to reach Thea, you can reach her via email. 
And um, thanks, again, thanks to everybody for taking the time to listen in to today's episode. If you have comments or questions for me, you can reach out to me on my Facebook page at HeadQuestX, or you can direct message me on Instagram at Coach underscore Ronin Awaken. That's Coach underscore R-O-N-I-N-A-W-A-K-E-N. So thanks again, and yeah. have a great remainder of the day. Mm -hmm.